Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome all to uh, I'll hang up and listen for another unordinary, uh, just run of the mill, um, nothing out of the ordinary episode of I'll hang up and listen. Brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on George Irvin Boulevard. I am Dwayne, the host of Two Goalies. I'm Mike, joined by my co-host Connor Hurley. Hey, Hurls, uh, I mean, what's there to talk about tonight? I, I really. Can't you were uh, you were actually looking down, but I made uh, this motion. Uh, obviously, that. obviously, very jokingly, I would never joke about that type of thing. Uh, but just it's kind of how I feel right now. Um, that moment of watching Jack Eichel lift the Stanley Cup and scream into the camera—it was almost have, as if he was screaming directly at me, um, mm-hmm. directly at all of Buffalo. Uh, there was a little bit extra to his scream. I felt like. Uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's how I feel right now. I'm depressed, and it's going to take a long time to get over. Like your your question posed in the tweet for this for this broadcast is, how should we feel? We should feel horrible. We should feel worse than we felt when Ryan O'Reilly won. I do, and won the Con Smythe. It's ten times worse. It it, it feels like the Sabers just lost a consequential game. They might as well have just lost the Stanley Cup final. It obviously would have been worse if they'd actually made it to the final and lost to Jack Eichel. That would have been the worst thing imaginable. Um, But maybe it wouldn't have because at least they would have made the playoffs and they would have gotten there, uh, which would have been uh, odds against the world itself. So even that wouldn't have been as bad. It's really, really, really disheartening. And of course it happened. Of course it happened. In my drafts on Twitter right now, I have a very long thread. It started off. Jack Eichel, a thread. I didn't send it because I just don't know. Because we're going to come on here and talk about it. I was going to try and maybe gate, like kind of gauge the room, read the room a little bit before pressing send on that. Um, but I'm going to kind of break it down right now. There's so many layers to this. There's so much to unpack. Because this isn't like, this is very unlike Ryan O'Reilly. As bad as Ryan O'Reilly was, I found myself, I found a way for myself to be happy for him. Yeah, I did too. I mean, 
it didn't take long. It sucked. He's a, he's a good dude. He didn't trash yeah. the city or the fans. Like, he was just in a bad situation. So, like, for me, there's a lot of layers to this as to why I can't bring myself to get over it. I, I, I can't get over it. And there, here's why. One, we tanked an entire season for this guy. We legitimately lost on purpose for an entire year. Had a carousel of like eight goalies in one season. Um, you know, obviously the the prize at the end of the tunnel was always Connor McDavid. It was. Granted, tonight Jack Eichel won a cup before Connor McDavid, but I still obviously there's no question who the better player is. You know, there never will be. Um we 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 literally put this this they literally put this fan base through turmoil to have the opportunity to draft one of those two players and it ended up consequentially being Jack Eichel. Which I was fine with. I was thrilled. I still have the Buffalo News front page from when we lost the draft lottery and it, it titled We Got Jack. And it was a picture of Jack Eichel with his hands up in the air. We we celebrated the video Buffalo, I'm coming for you after he slammed down a Bud Light. He's like, oh my God, this guy is made for Buffalo. We were pumped. I was pumped. There's so much to be excited for when it came to Jack Eichel. And then he gets here. He's as advertised, right? He's as advertised. The kid is just a smooth skater. Phenomenal shot. Great hands. Great vision. Some stuff to work on, but who, who doesn't have stuff to work on as a rookie, as a 19-year-old kid in the NHL? with all these expectations and everything that came with him, but he was as advertised. And then you had a G you got went out and got Ryan O'Reilly. You had a Vander Kane. Uh, you started bringing in pieces. You're drafting high. You end up drafting Russell Stalin down the line. You make all these moves and the O'Reilly thing happens. It was terrible. There was obviously a lot of speculation about part of it being some, you know, having to do with Jack and the reason why he left. I don't know how much truth there is to that. I really don't believe much of it, but maybe there was some truth to it. I don't know. We will, I mean, we'll never know really, unless we hear it directly from him. So there's that he's gone. A big piece of the puzzle that was supposed to be getting this team back on track. He's gone. He goes, wins the Stanley cup, whatever. Great. We're happy for him. Now you make this kid captain. You give him the biggest contract in franchise history. Barely a year after, maybe a little bit year after that, you hear the rumors about, and it started reported by Elliot Freeman that he requested a trade. You know, behind closed doors, he requested a trade. Kind of put it to hush, never happened. We're not really sure what, you know, what went down. Whatever, whatever. So you bring in this new coach, Ralph Kruger, right? Guy hasn't seen an NHL bench in almost a decade, you know, you know, coach the, uh, the European team in the world cup to uh, nearly a championship, you know, a, a big underdog team did, did, you know, did a very good job there. Impressed a lot of people. Guy was a snake charmer could talk his way out of a paper bag. Hire that guy only assuming because at that point, you have a feeling that Jack Eichel starts to have a say in some of these things. You don't hire Ralph Kruger without consulting Jack Eichel. You just don't. Sure. No, you know what I mean. Not. You know what I mean. Like absolutely not. He definitely had a say in it. He like, definitely at least signed off on it. Yeah.
just like Josh Allen had a say in, you know, promoting Ken Dorsey to OC. I mean, he basically was the deciding force. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. He was. So we all see how that worked out for us last season. Yeah. Um, I still have hope, but we, we don't know. Uh, we do. We do. Well, that's, a, that's a whole other can of worms open. But um, so bring this guy in. Another, you know, you have a hot start to the season, 10-game winning streak, and you have a monumental collapse to end the year. Um, and then that offseason, out of nowhere – with the help, apparently, of Ralph Kruger, you go and sign Taylor Hall to a one a one year eight million dollar deal. Where at a time, yeah, we're all pumped. It's Taylor Hall. This team had so many needs, and if you look back at it, and we'll use we'll use we'll, we'll use Florida as an example here. Florida signed Carter Verhage and Anthony Duclair that same offseason for a million bucks a piece. Yeah, a million bucks a piece. $8 million could have been spent a lot more responsibly for this team, especially in that offseason during COVID when the cap wasn't going up and players were getting signed on short-term deals for dirt cheap money. You sign that guy. City's, city's pumped. There, you, know, you see the sketches of him wearing a number four jersey next to Jack Eichel. It's all over Twitter, all over Instagram. The city's buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. Yeah. Season starts. Jack, I wouldn't say he was off to a slow start in terms of scoring goals. He was still getting points. Two goals. Two goals. Two goals. He had two goals when he sustained that injury. Um, Gets hurt. Taylor Hall says, well, I came here in hopes to do what Jeff Skinner did, play with Jack Eichel, score a shitload of goals, and then get paid. Didn't happen. Did not happen. That guy checks out. He's playing to not get hurt. I don't care. Anybody says that guy did so many drive-bys in front of the net rather than engaging oh, for in sure. puck battles. I don't think I've ever seen a bigger waste of time and money than Taylor Hall in terms. I, I shouldn't say that, but he was a big giant t- waste of time and money. It was bad. No movement clause. We're handcuffed. Kevin Adams, new GM, handcuffed. Can't trade him for what his re- really true value is. You get an Anders Bjork and a second-round pick from Boston. What the fuck? Then the exit interviews come. Jack Eichel talks about disconnecting returns in terms of his injury. And then all that offseason starts. All you can hear about is, you know, what's going to happen with Jack? Is he going to be a, still be a saber? Is he going to come back? Is he gone? Then, you, then, then it comes to be, you know, reality that he's going to be gone. He's, he's, no, he's not coming back. All the rumors with the Rangers. We end up with a fucking billboard on the 190 here in Buffalo paid by that, those douchebag douchebags from New York that that stupid podcast in regards aren't our neck injury aren't injuries a pain in the neck or whatever it was yeah, yeah. and it was a a shot at us with Jack like you saw the hair you know I'm sure you seen the picture of the billboard off the 190 for a whole week we have to go look at that every time we drive down the 190 I had to look at it cool add insult add add insult to all this it's cool then finally the trade happens you get Alex Tuck you know, lifelong Sabres fan. That's awesome. Going to change the culture. I mean, Peyton Krebs, their top prospect in their pipeline, a guy who you thought weren't, you weren't going to be able to get, he's coming back in the deal. A first and a second round pick. Awesome. Great. That's fantastic. Happy with the deal. You were expecting more, but I'm so happy with what the return was. Then he gets on live TV with Elliot Friedman. 
and tells his side of the story, which we already knew. We knew what was going on. And I would say more than 90% of this fan base was on his side. We were all on his side. Yeah. We wanted him to get this replacement surgery. Your body, your choice. For sure. And yeah. just because just because he was the first hockey player to have ever yeah. done that surgery, Rafa Nadal. Yeah. Performed on hockey players before. It was the first time. And, and literally, and I NHL remember player. going down a rabbit hole with that one UFC fighter. I forget his yeah. name. And he the, got it done. I mean, and I'm like, Ra- why did Rafael, he get it done? Rafael Nadal got it done. And yeah. He you know, plays a very physically intensive yes. sport. Like it, it wouldn't have been out of the question by any yes. means. But the Sabres doctors didn't feel comfortable. They didn't feel comfortable. So I understood both sides of the fence. I get it. Because if it doesn't work out and he further injures that neck, guess what? You're on the hook for the entire contract. I understood it. I didn't agree with it, but I understood it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, you know, he he, get, he gets the surgery. Does that interview with Elliot Freeman where he cops to actually requesting that trade, which everything I just described, now it becomes so clear why you went out and signed Taylor Hall to a one-year deal. Why this happened? Why that happened? Like everything that you went through to get him to begin with, what you did to keep him happy, you made him paid him the franchise biggest contract in franchise history. You named him captain when he wasn't clearly ready. Everything that you went through, and then he goes up there. He's like, "Yeah, I requested a trade. I, I didn't want to be part of a rebuild." Barely a year after he signs that deal, where they finished in the basement. What did you think, Jack? You were going to go from last to first? No. It was going to be a process, dude. It was. So, all that, I'm thinking about all of this while I'm listening to this interview. And I still found a way to get over that a little bit. Sure. Whatever. at At its core, at its core, it was the surgery. Yes. And you can understand a guy for wanting to make that decision about his body well, and his life and his career and a team not allowing him to do that, that would be a reason for at, a, at its, a trade request. At, at its core, at its core, it was the injury. But yeah. he did request a trade a year beforehand. Yeah. He did. So. And I truly do believe if the season still would have turned out the way it did and we finished where we finished, he probably, he probably still wants out. Yeah, no, I, I could see I, it. For sure. I, he does. He does. Then his homecoming game, first game back in Buffalo. Mind you, we all saw the interview. We all saw what he copped to. We all saw what he said. We all heard it. This organization, these fan base, they booed Dominic Kashik. Yeah. They booed Chris Drury. They booed Danny Briere. They booed uh, Brian Campbell. They booed them all. Everybody got booed. What makes you so special? You think you're not going to get booed, Jack Eichel? After everything we went through for you. After everything, the misery, the turmoil, everything we went through to get you and to keep you happy. That fucking horse shit coach we hired who put us through an 18-game losing streak. We hired him. Uh, you signed off on it. You said you loved him. Oh, you love his taste of music. That's cool, Jack. Well, he sucked. He neutered, he neutered Rathastaline. I mean, I guess because of him, we got Owen Power. Thanks, Ralph. But you want to know what? He put fucking Jeff Skinner on the fourth line. He healthy scratched him every other night. We hired that guy for you. You were happy with him. We went out and got Taylor Hall for you. That was for you. 
When we needed that money, spent so many. We could have signed Carter Verhage. We could have signed Anthony Duclair for $2 million. But instead we paid that asshole $8 million to score four fucking goals or whatever it was. I mean, they get five total goals yeah, for the Buffalo it was, Sabres. It was, it was bad. It was bad. It was so bad. It was and bad. he fucking, he, he hung him up after you got hit. He, I'm, I'm calling it a day here. I'm not going to sit here and put my my, my season on the line and, and risk injury when I'm going to go into free agency. I'm not going to risk my payday. We did that for you. And you don't think you're going to get booed your first game back? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, dude. And then you. You sit there, you tuck your tail between your legs, and you fucking take shots at the fans. The same fans who, again, as I said, you they booed all those players yeah. who have so much more credibility in this city than you. We had so much more success with them than we ever did with you, and we booed all them. Yeah. And you took I, shots at the fans. And I, I obviously, that is the, the point where, obviously, he turned from – former hero to heal. And he will always be that for that one interview. But as you so eloquently described, this is a longer process leading up to that than just that interview. Obviously, I think sometimes like people do forget given everything that's happened. But at the same time, like his immaturity that he showed that night. And I think this harkens back to a lot of immaturity that he showed throughout the process of being a Buffalo Sabre. As we said, I think coming in, his reaction to Tim Murray being so pissed about not winning the lottery, that didn't help. He could have came in with a chip on his shoulder and had a better attitude to begin with, but it didn't appear that he did. And as you said, he probably wasn't ready for the captaincy. I mean, he is a young guy at that point, maybe 22, 23, doesn't have a lot of younger guys around him aside from Kyle Oposo and Xavier Skirkinson and a few other guys, but he's still a relatively young guy put in charge to lead a team. He wasn't ready. Obviously he had a couple of really good seasons and he was everything we thought he was going to be as a player. I think it was the 2018, 2019 season. A lot of people thought he should get votes for the Hart trophy. And maybe he even did because he is that type of player. Nobody's ever disputed. Nobody's ever disputed how good he is. He's not McDavid. Nobody, nobody ever will be, but he's very, very good. But the immaturity and the lack of perspective that he showed for that first game back as a golden knight when, mind you, he made a horrible play along the boards, uh, a low effort play in my opinion, and Alex Tuck took the, puck, took the puck away from him, stripped him, went down the ice, scored an empty netter, celebrated as he should have. You had to imagine he was pissed. But the immaturity and the lack of perspective that he showed to not realize that he might be booed that game and to maybe not necessarily take it as personally as he did, and also take shots at a long-suffering fan base that supported you through thick and thin up until this point, for you not to realize maybe that could happen, and even if you did, to still react that way, that shows everything you need to know about his character, and it makes all of those rumors about him being a bad locker room guy, a bad teammate, a bad dude, Outside of the hockey rink that we all heard, I don't need to make this personal, but everybody heard that. I just, that's what makes this hurt so much. It's because of all of the hurt that this fan base and this city has gone through with everything. To have all that hope, to have all that trust, to place the type of faith that we did in him, 
for it to all come back to bite us in the horribly crippling way that it did and for it to now completely culminate and climax and transpire in the way that it has yeah, now. It's just, it's just it's the cherry like, on top of a shit Sunday. If he would have handled himself differently on the way out, if he wouldn't have done that interview, which again, in my opinion, was so uncalled for. He didn't have to do it. No. He could have been like, yeah, man, you know what? Fan base has been through enough. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no to this. Like it was such a PR stunt, and then, you know, piggyback that his first game back after he turns from injury. You know, the comments after, like you said, you just think back to everything this fan base had been through before we drafted him, and then we go and draft him because it was like a, already a ten-year playoff drought when we drafted him. Yeah, you draft well, him. Well, four years technically. I mean, t- 2011 to 2015. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, four, yeah, to, sorry. four to five years, but basically eight to seven, yeah, eight, eight to nine I'm years just... without any type of real success. Whatsoever. We're at seven. Or, no, I'm sorry, not 17. We're how many years? We're at 12 years. Sorry. Since, right, since yeah, I'm thinking a, 17 as in Bills. I'm, yeah, I, I got since we won a playoff series but, in, in 2007. Yeah. Regardless, regardless, everything ownership and management put us through. And again, Jack Eichel on the ice in Buffalo, phenomenal. Incredible. He was an unbelievable player. He made this team watchable. He made them exciting. I renewed my season tickets multiple times because he was on this hockey team. I watched every game from the West Coast yes. because of him. That twenty, the beginning to that be, the beginning to the 2018-2019 season, ten games in a row, culminating with Jeff Skinner overtime winner against the San Jose Sharks. Eventually, Jack goes on an absolute tear at the end of the 2019 season. I think he had probably, I think it was 82 points in 78 games or something like that. Point per game player, Hart Trophy consideration. Obviously, the season yep. didn't he, end the way was, they wanted I would say it. he was the front runner. Yeah. Before that one injury, it was, yeah. uh, I forget when it happened, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was about. like he was literally, there was nobody in the league better than him. He was the best player in the world. He was the best player in the world at that time. There was yeah. no debate. And, and I, the craziest thing is that, like, it's obvious he's never going to get to McDavid level, but I think he has the, bil- the ability to be the second best player in the world. I really do. Yeah, and he's a I top think, five for sure. And I, I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that at this point, given what he just showed in these playoffs. Yeah, and I, and I think it's, it's worth, it's worth it for us to talk about that. Like he was very much deserving of the consmite. One hundred percent. I'm personally I, happy. I, I, I did have Marcia Sau ahead of him. I, but I if, if he got it, like I wouldn't have said he didn't deserve it. Like I, I had Marshall out of him. A, I mean, he was he was just a goal scoring machine for for Vegas. Scored a lot of yeah. big goals. Not a close. Also, it, it's prop. <laughs> it's probably a better story for the NHL because it was against Florida, the team who left him unprotected. And original Golden Knight expansion yep, draft. Exactly. So it, it made sense. They they threw sense. him a bone. They threw him a bone there, but you could tell as the camera panned to right as he right as he was awarded the award, he was talking to Jack Eichel. Yep. And I guarantee you he said you deserve this award. Yeah. I can promise you that. Hockey players are obviously we before me. They're very selfless. Yep. But I know for a fact that's what he said, and oh, it was cool. And it was cool of Michael to be the first person to hug him. I hope he's a better teammate now. I, I, I do, dude. I, I, I hope he's matured. I hope that his teammates love him. I hope that he's a better person. I wish no ill will on this person. I really do not. That would be very petty of us as Sabres fans to wish this person ill will for the rest of his career. I don't wish that at all. 
He's a great player, and I don't want him to get hurt. I want him to continue to succeed. Hopefully not with the Bruins someday. That would be even worse than this. Uh, but I will say this. Like, he he was incredible, this post. Yeah, no- I, didn't, I didn't get the chance to watch all of it. But from what I saw in this series, you could tell how incredible of a playmaker he is and what there, type of player he can be. Hurls, there's no debating that. No. There was never debating it in Buffalo, no. how incredible a player he was. There's no debating it in Vegas, how good of a player he was. Um, he was surrounded with more with a better culture than what we had here in Buffalo, better management, better coaching, better staff. Like He wasn't expected to be a leader in Vegas, which is why I think it's worked out more uh, for him. Uh, outside of the fact that, I mean, they were already a, a cup contending team to begin with. Um, sure. So, yeah, I, I, I listen, I'm not surprised that they, I'm not surprised that they won the cup because that team was built to win to begin with. Add, add Aiden Hill on an on an absolute tear. On a Jordan Bennington, on a yeah. Bennington-like uh, run. Exactly. And like people, people say, oh, fourth string goalie, fifth string goalie, goalies don't matter. He mattered this playoffs. He was yeah. incredible. He was the best goalie in the playoffs, and he was probably number three for the Conspite. If you I had to surprise, he was. If um, you had, if you had to boil it down in terms of the votes, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's what it takes. And like we, like we talked about, the Vegas depth was way too much for Florida yeah. to handle. And as you just mentioned, their best player, Matthew Kachuk, had a cracked sternum. Yep, a cracked sternum, and Brady Kachuk, his brother, had to help him out of bed. Uh, Sternum's like yeah. your chest bone, correct? Game four. It's your chest bone? Yeah. It's like the bone that's in between your lungs. Yeah. Like right here. Like imagine getting like punched directly in your sternum. Yeah. I think that's like a figure of speech. Like I'd rather and you do look, this and you, like get punched in the sternum team, and do this. You look at that team without Kachuk on the ice. I'm not saying they would have won a night with him, but you see the impact he has. Way more competitive. Yeah, absolutely. You know as, soon what I mean? as, like, as soon as you heard he wasn't going to play, you knew they had no chance. Yeah, it was he, – he, he's so dynamic, what he brings to the ice, on the puck, away from the puck, around the net, in front of his own net, like just the style of game he plays. And unfortunately, with the style of game he plays, you, you kind of put yourself out there, the injuries like this. For uh, sure. Absolutely. Obviously, the hit by Colasar was a direct uh, a response to his hit on Eichel. Um, both were clean hits. You yeah, know, there's no debating sure. that. Any, Keep your head up. Um, but still, yeah. I, 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 hats off to Vegas. I hate it that they won a Stanley Cup before us. Uh, hear That's me out, though. Like, I think it is ultimately good for the league. And yeah, it's good. The for fact the that they've been so successful, basically every single year since their since their formation um the fact that they're the first sports team of probably four professional sports teams that are going to be in vegas yeah, have an NBA by the team. end of the decade um they're about to get the a's they're going to get an nba expansion team las vegas went from having zero professional sports teams to having four in probably less than 10 years do the, do, um, if they get the oakland a's do they keep billy bean as the gm Probably, I, I would say so. Like he's It'd be done cool to see him win a World Series with a bigger. Yeah, like he's he's done it's done such a great job. Like I I couldn't see yeah. why not. Um, but the fact that a hockey team in the middle of the desert in a city that a lot of people said professional sports wouldn't work in Vegas, well, they've proven more than you possibly could have without a shred of a doubt that professional sports can exist in Vegas and they will exist in Vegas for the rest of time. 
until the world the world engulfs us probably by the end of the century. Um, the Raiders are successful. The A's are going to be successful. They're going to get a professional basketball team. LeBron James is going to own Las Vegas's professional basketball team. He's already said that that's what he wants to do after his career, and he's going to do that. And yep. you can't even imagine the enormity of that. But everyone's going to think back to in the fall of 2017, right after, right after that mass shooting at the country concert at Mandalay Bay, the city coming together for a hockey team, for probably yep. guys, expansion guys that – other teams didn't want that nobody that ever heard of. Had you heard yeah. of Jonathan Marcheseau before he was on the Vegas Golden Knights? I personally hadn't. I remember I remember being very surprised that Florida left him unprotected. Yeah, I mean, because I maybe because he was a good player for them. Good player, but also not a star. You know, like not a not a household name for a not casual Florida, NHL no. fan. No. Uh William Carlson. Uh Shea Tudor was obviously pretty good, but like a lot of these guys, even William Carrier or Braden McNabb, who eventually Mark came Andre over. Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously a big name, and he came in and he played well. But thinking back to six years ago, it is a really, really cool story. And had the Eichel thing not happened, I'd be way happier for this team than I am right yeah. now. Obviously a little bit petty because of that. But like I said, I'm not unhappy for the guy. I'm glad that he was able to get the surgery he wanted, that he's healthy. That I'm happy that he's healthy, yes. I'm happy I'm that he's healthy, happy I'm that, he's that he's thriving, him. that he's going to be able to continue his career for the next eight to ten years. Good for him. Obviously, we just have a little bit of salt in the wound after everything we went through. As you eloquently uh, described, it was a saga, and it always will be a there saga. Were so, like, the people who say get over it, get over it, the only really is – there were so many layers to this. Yeah, as you said, like it's way bigger than one it's post-game more, It's interview. more bigger than a surgery because this was happening before the surgery, before the injury. Like this started well before then. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of layers to this, a lot to unpack. You know, you, again, just to reiterate, you know, much shorter this time. You have <clears throat> the rumors about the trade request. Then you go and you – you fire Phil Housley, you bring in Ralph Kruger, a guy who hasn't been behind an NHL bench in over a decade. Been managing a soccer team. Um, Jack Eichel signs off on it, says he loves the guy. You know, they start off, you know, the season hotter than any team in the league. Then a monumental collapse. Then, again, you hear those rumors pop up again. And then Taylor Hall is signing with the Buffalo Sabres. One year, $8 million. You know, wants to play with Jack Eichel. You know, wants you know play under his former coach and Ralph Kruger from Edmonton. Um, that all falls apart. You know, Jack gets hurt. Taylor Hall packs it in, says, "I'm not going to get hurt. I'm going to protect my protect my future. I'm not going to, you know, risk injury and losing out on a big contract." Th- that's the way he played. I don't care what he says. I don't care analytics say that's how he played. If you watched him, that's how he played. Um, then you, you, you get, you get boned in the return there. The value isn't what you want it because of the no movement clause, kind of a rookie mistake, maybe on, on Kevin Adams part, giving a guy like him a one, a no movement clause on a one-year deal. Um, and then X interviews disconnect on the injury, the comments from Jack and Sam, everything that came with that. Um, and, and then just the off season, just, Constant trade rumors, billboards from Rangers fans, 
embarrassment. Then you get the trade. You're happy with the return. Wish it was more, but you're more than happy. Alex Tuck is fucking psyched. And then, you know, interview with Elliot Friedman. Yeah, I did request a trade. All that was true. Didn't want to rebuild after he signed that fucking franchise deal. Biggest deal in franchise history. Um, homecoming in Buffalo. Tough for some reason doesn't think he's going to get booed, even though he booed Hashik. Booed Briere, Brew Jury, Brew Campbell. He doesn't think he's going to get booed. Gets booed. Oh, I guess they're booing me because they want me. They, they wish I was still here. Oh, uh, never heard the building this loud. Like the 10-game winning streak never happened. Okay. I was at, I was there for three of those home games. It, it got louder. Trust me. Um, and just everything that came after that and just the, all the layers starting from tanking for the guy and just everything that we put ourselves through, what the organization put us through, you know, heavy, you've seen fans. There's still pictures out there on Google and Twitter. You can find them seeing fans actively cheering for this team to lose. Yeah. I mean, I, told I, myself, I got, I got into a number of arguments with media members, friends, family, everyone about the ethics of that and the slippery slope that it creates when you do something like that, both as a franchise and a fan base. For you to actively be rooting for another team in your own building, you can silently do it, but when the Arizona Coyotes score and you're wearing a Sabres jersey and you get up and stand and clap, it's embarrassing. No matter how... Ever which way you want to put it, whether it's good yeah. for the franchise or not, it's embarrassing. And yeah. I was at least silently supportive, silently supportive of it, of the actual tank. And of course, like it needed to happen for the franchise. But for you to outwardly do it, it's embarrassing as a fan. And there's and, and as, as a media member, guys at GR were just openly lauding it. I just I hated the entire thing. But that's it, it sucked to be a part. Those of are that. some of the scars that we still have. Don't get me wrong. In my living room, when Chicago came back down from two to beat us in a game that we needed to lose to maintain last place, in my living room by myself, yeah, I fucking clapped because just like you, I knew this needed to happen. You don't do that in the building, though. No, not in the building. You're not getting up and cheering. That's why I didn't go to many games that year, man. And I remember in a a post-game interview, Mike Weber was just like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, we're out here playing for you. We're representing you, and you're – cheering us when we lose you're cheering us when we get scored on and then people and people in this fan base criticize mike weber for being defensive like no i understood it yeah i would I feel mean, the same I, way if my you, own fans you were felt, you felt the worst for the players you felt the worst for the players you felt the worst for the goalies uh the, i think it was uh god i for, i always forget noiberth was in there um noiberth was great uh yeah jeff hackett for a couple the, of the big, the big tall guy, uh, I forget his name. Big tall blonde guy who was incredible, and then they got rid of him because they traded him because he was playing too well. Yeah, um, they wouldn't bring up. They wouldn't bring up. Uh, they wouldn't allow Ted Nolan to uh, bring up players. Yeah, that wasn't it was, allowed. It was really bad. And yep. for the people that say, "Get over the Jack Eichel thing," everything you just described and that you described earlier in more depth. There's that's so all part of it. it. It's all part of it. It really is. And it's part of the trauma that we have as Sabres fans and as Bills fans and as Buffalo sports fans, because as stuff like this continues to happen, Ryan Riley leaving, winning the Conn Spike, Jack Eichel leaving, and in his first full season, winning a Stanley Cup, 
probably should have won the Conn Smythe. These are the types of things we feel cursed as a fan base, as a city, as a community of people. Everything that's happened to Buffalo in the past year and a half, all of the trauma that exists in the history of this city, let alone not just the sports, everything. It used to be a top 20 populous city in the U.S., an economic hub, and now people struggle to get jobs. People are moving out still. Thankfully, its economics are getting a little bit better, and I think they will continue to. But there is so much pain and trauma involved in being from Buffalo. Whether you're a sports fan or not, the segregation, the poverty, the crime, everything involved with being a Buffalonian hurts sometimes because you're so proud of it. You're so proud to be from Buffalo. I haven't lived in Buffalo for eight years. No, more than that. 12 years since high school. I haven't lived permanently in Buffalo since the summer of 2010. It is the summer of 2023, so 13 years. I am never been as proud to be a Buffalonia. I'm never as proud I'm so... to talk about being from Buffalo as I am in Los Angeles, in people that constantly yeah. shit on the city, having never have gone there. And yeah. I think a lot of people, 95% of people from Buffalo do the exact same. And it's because we all feel the same way, that same sense of pride of being from the city. That's why this hurts. It will yep. continue to hurt because of it. And it always will until something good finally happens. And that's the hope that we have. And it's going to make it that much more worth it when it finally happens. Yeah. And listen, um, I, I hate that this overshadows the excitement. And I think um, we should we should eventually move on to that. And I honestly, yeah. I was I was going to bring up a point of to eventually transition well, to that. Well, let, how let, do you, let, like, how do you feel? How do you think Alex Tuck feels tonight? I think he's mature enough to not feel anything. I think Alex Tuck. Maybe inspired. I think he's happy for his teammates. He's happy for his guys that he played with and fought with and got within two games of in twenty in twenty eighteen. But there is not a shred of doubt in my mind that ninety five percent of what Alex Tuck is feeling right now is gratefulness, happiness, and excitement that he's a Buffalo Saber. Hundred percent. Oh, oh. In terms of watching Vegas win a cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure that there's part of you, a small part of him. That's like, man, that could have been me. But at the same breath, it's like, well, I'm living out a childhood dream right now. I'm representing the Sabres. Even Peyton Krebs. Even Peyton Krebs. I I, I think he feels the same way too. Potentially, I could be the next captain of the Buffalo Sabres. Living out a childhood dream. And I think playing playing for Tim Conley. I don't think anyone would object Um, to him or him or Darlene being the captain. No. No. And listen, listen, I, like I said before, I hate that this is going to overshadow the excitement of... And honestly, it should just for tonight. Yeah, well, you, you know it's going to last longer than that. It's. it's I mean, going it's, to- the summer's long, but like we talked about, you're, you're, as soon as the draft and free agency comes around, I'm going to forget about it. I hope, I hope you can too. Because like, at this point, it's out of our control, right? Yeah. Nothing, nothing that yeah. we can do or spend any amount of mental headspace on Jack Eichel winning a Stanley cup is completely out of our control. And all we can do as fans now is look towards the future. I, I, I honestly, I honestly think that is going to help. And when they make the playoffs next season and they eventually go on runs in the next three yeah. to four to five seasons, it's all going to make it worth it. It yeah, really listen, will. Listen, I, 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 I don't, I just don't want the mindset of fans 
having been through this for a second time and it being much, 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 much worse this time to look at next season as like, we have to be successful. I mean, the expectation is to get with, yeah, we have to get like, we should let season next season be what it is. Not add as fans, this added. No, there's no added pressure because Eichel won a cup, but I just hope that doesn't happen. And I mean, if, if people decide to do that, like choose your own adventure, like add more trauma to what you yeah. already have. You don't need to do that to yourself. Uh, There's no reason to. I just don't want that to happen because this is such a good group of guys, a fun no. group of guys. I, they, you know, I really I, don't think that's going to happen. I I, I, I I hope it doesn't. I just hope as fans, we don't look at this, take this and be like, fuck, we lost the trade or no. we need to win soon in order to, for this I, to not look I like honestly, I, I really honestly, hope that's not what happens. Here. I honestly still think it was a fair trade for both sides. Just, just oh, like for sure. In well, my mind, yes. Yeah, I, I would do it again. Not I to, would do it again. Not to if the over- circumstances were the same. If the circumstances were the same, if I couldn't change the circumstances, if Jack was hurt, it, it, you know, grad it, you know, obviously, I think we would want this version of Jack Eichel in Buffalo for eight years, healthy and playing at an MVP level for sure. But at the end of the day, I look at what Alex Tuck brings to the culture of this team on and off the ice. The guy, if he played an entire season healthy this year, was a 90-point player. Yeah. Um, would have outscored Jack Eichel in the regular season. Um, and, he's a, and he's a guy you know can play in the playoffs too. Yes, and has that experience. And um, these these players look up to him. And I, I, you can't, you can't, 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 can't replace that. No, right not, now, not what that all. means to this team, and and I think even adding Krebs in the first round and second round picks to the mix, um, it's a fair trade. And it reminds me not to open up a another can of trauma, given what transpired this morning. But the Stefan Diggs to the Vikings trade, that was a fair deal because yep. the pick that Buffalo traded to the Vikings turned out to be Justin Jefferson, who is arguably a better receiver than Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And younger. Uh, but and obviously and Diggs, is, Diggs is a diva and you, we're going through the oh yeah we're going through the Stefan Diggs experience right now that's yeah. fine I think it's all gonna work I saw out a, a funny I'm not sure if it's a tweet no it's in my group chat it said T.O. walked so Diggs could run honestly yeah <laughs> he, he, that he made me is, mark out a little bit that was he funny. is a top five wide receiver Jamar Chase is gonna do this exact same thing Justin Jefferson is gonna do this exact same thing this mm-hmm. is what diva wide receivers do so we don't need to get. And it's it. not about the money with Diggs. It's about no, it's wanting the to and the targets and not and being happy with the direction of the team. We don't need to get into that. I just yeah, say it, I, it, I, again, again from that's a, from a comparison standpoint, though. Like those are two very fair deals for both sides when trading a superstar. And like <laughs> Diggs wasn't even a superstar at that point, and you didn't know what Jeff, Justin Jefferson was going to turn into. You traded a legitimate bona fide superstar in Jack Eichel for what many thought was a role player turns out in a bigger role. Alex Tuck is close to a star player. Tage Thompson's yep. a superstar. Uh, Alex Tuck is a top 20, 25 player in the league, maybe forward. Who knows? Either way, like it worked out as well as it possibly could have. And that's the type of thing that makes me excited for the future. As we discussed yeah. last night, Kevin Adams knows how to make that type of deal. He made yep. the Devin Levi deal for Sam Reinhart. We saw what Sam Reinhart could do in these playoffs. He's a and very I good appreciate, player. you know, here, here's the difference between Jack and Sam on their exits. 
Sam called back Kevin after the like 20 minutes after the trade. And he not that he had to apologize, but he he felt bad about the way things ended and yeah, you know, things nice in Buffalo didn't, like that took good a lot of class. He's a good that kid. Everybody knows everybody knows Sammy's a good kid. We always he's an understated yeah. guy. Um I would have been so underappreciated happy by this fan base for sure. Yeah, and he's he's a chill, cool dude. I, I mentioned earlier, um, I would have loved to see the, the broadcast cut away. And they should have they should have had a camera on them at all times. I would have loved to see Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt in the handshake line. Those two, yeah. those two were tight. The tandem bicycle, yep. everything they went through, all of the pain and suffering and everything else yep. in those five years they spent together. I want to see that moment that they hugged and exchanged words with each other after a hard fought series. Yeah. Like, and that's a, we're, and, and, and we're never going to, we're never going to be able to see that because the, the broadcast never showed it. Listen, will we ever hear a legitimate, like apology from Jack Eichel? I don't think so. I think I, that, 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 he's, yeah, that, even if, that even if he sailed. did, that ship is probably sailed for fans. That ship is, that ship is sailed. I think he's moved on. Yeah. We've moved but on. Not, but here, let me finish that. I'm not, I'm not, but. You look, you look at players like the way Sam handled it with grace and acceptance. That's a guy I'd welcome back with open arms if that opportunity ever came back. And I think Kevin Adams would welcome and, back. And we talked about Ryan O'Reilly last night too. Yep, we did. If if and Brandon if Brandon Montour was ever available, gosh, I would love to have Brandon Montour back. Yeah. Um, I would love to have Braden McNabb back. I would love. That's a guy they should have. I hated the fact that we we left Braden McNabb going. I, know. I, I would love to have anyone not named Jack Eichel back. To yeah. Be um, so at this point, like, yeah, we can be upset. It's unfortunate. It's shitty that this happened. But at the end of the day, there's a lot to look forward to. There are so many things that we specifically discussed last night about the possibility of getting a guy like Tom Wilson offer sheeting a guy like Keandre Miller, signing wow. a guy like Semyon, Semyon Varlamov or Freddie Anderson. Andre Miller all day. I'm excited. Trading, <laughs> trading for Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, signing Tristan Jerry, trading for Connor Hallebuck or UC Saros. There are options, cap space, young yep. prospects, everything you could ever want in a hockey team the Sabres have right now, aside from the success, which hasn't happened yet, but it's coming soon. Stay tuned. Hope so. Uh, I, I, I truly do believe. And, it, and at this point, if it doesn't happen, we're used to it, right? <laughs> we are used to the trauma. We're used to the suffering. Buffalo is a resilient. I can't team. handle any more mental it's, torture. No, it's, but hear me out. No matter what happens, we'll always be there at the end yeah. of every bill season, especially after the Bengals game, the day after that week, after yeah. the Bengals game this season, everyone talked about, I'm done with the bills. I'm done with all this BS, McDermott, Dorsey, everything else. As soon as we drafted Dalton Kincaid, as soon as we signed some of these free agents, everybody's talking about how it's one of the best offseason in in Brandon Bean's tenure. Um, Same with the Sabres after everything that happened with Eichel, everything that happened. You saw Mm -hmm. the encouragement from this past season. You saw the excitement. That last month is the most fun I've had as a Sabres fan since 2007. April of 2023 is the most fun I've had as a Sabres fan, partially because of this, partially because of all the engagement we're getting, but partially because this team is fun and exciting. And that is what we have to look forward to. And I hope a lot of people can get over this really, really shitty thing that happened tonight 
It'll take, <laughs> it'll take a while. Yeah, but while. but it's going to. You're gonna forget about I it. I can tell you. I can tell you right now. I will not listen to sports radio for the next 48 hours. No, and like you don't need no. to. Like, read a book. Go outside. Sports are over for a little bit, unless you like baseball. But it's just, I don't know. I think that I honestly do believe that this type of thing, this type of trauma, is going to yeah. make it that much sweeter when they finally do it. Here's a tweet. Here's a quote from Bob in the locker room after the game. It's a huge step, not only with what we learned, learned those guys, what we learned in those two months, but how close we got, how close to each other we got. We won together. We lost. We lose together. I'm proud these guys competed all the way. Um, yeah, and that comes sucks from, a, that, from a guy that's not the most like outspoken dude either. He's not, and it, it sucks because. Again, coming in, coming into the finals, he was the, my opinion, the clearest day front runner for the Conn Smythe. Um, he was the reason, along with Kachuk, that I thought this t- this series was going to be Panthers and six. Um, it didn't work out that way. I don't blame Bob at all. Um, even with the amount of goals that were let in tonight, like I, I don't see how you could blame Sergey Bobrovsky. Um, the team, the team just fell short offensively defensively um again we're not going to blame you know put anything on officiating tonight because you know they got they got boat race but i mean i'd even say i'd even say the league was more leaning towards vegas than they were florida um because they like you like we mentioned at the top of this show what this means in terms of the success of the league getting this to work in vegas getting them a championship you saw their reactions you saw how the crowd how loud they were I'm sure how not they're that, gonna not that loud, in my opinion. And like you mentioned earlier, they didn't boo Gary Bettman. So are you? Are yeah, you, they did not are boo you, Gary Bettman. Are you really a hockey fan? Yeah, they they haven't learned yet. They haven't been they haven't been let down by Gary Bettman yet. I mean, they don't know. Well out, like, I don't think many of them actually know hockey. <laughs> like, no, they're they're bandwagon fans. No. And like, yeah, they got a team to come to their city, and it was the first professional sports team. I don't blame them at all for not being as knowledgeable about the sport as we are. But yeah. in my opinion, I think those last five minutes should have been louder. I think it, it made me think about what Key Arena would be like in the last five minutes if yeah. the Sabres were up six goals, uh, about to win their first Stanley Cup championship. Like, yeah. I I can't even – it would be deafening. Like, you would have to put on headphones, like noise-canceling headphones, and you'd still hear it. Yeah. Um, you forget that, Willie, that, that Phil Kessel's a Stanley Cup champion again. Shout out Phil Kessel. They didn't dress him for a game. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Quick, Stanley Cup champion. Oh um, yeah, back. He, he was the seventh person to raise the cup tonight. I mean, he didn't, didn't play, play a game. single. I don't think he played a single minute. He didn't. He, um, didn't he played a few games down the stretch for them, but that's a nice way for him to end his career. I think he'll probably retire. I really do. Yeah. Um, Alec Martinez. Uh, I think it was nine years to the day on June thirteenth, uh, twenty fourteen, that he scored the game-winning goal in overtime to beat the Rangers in the Stanley cup final for the Kings. Uh, Alec Martinez is a celebrity around here. Uh, people love those Kings teams as much as anything in the city, especially yeah. in the South Bay over where I play men's league hockey at the Kings facility, Dustin Brown, Alec Martinez, Anze Kopitar, Jonathan quick. All those guys are absolute rock stars down here. Nobody else in the rest of LA knows them, but yeah. in the South Bay of LA, those guys are rock stars. And Alec Martinez is a, now, I think three times Stanley Cup champion. Um, 
a lot of good stories on this team. Mark Stone, I think nobody can discredit the type of game Mark Stone plays. Uh, mm. He was a very deserving captain. Yeah. Got traded there as a superstar, came in, earned the respect of the locker room, battled back from injury, and scored a hat trick in the clinching game. Yeah. Um, there are so many. I thought I, th- I thought I thought the Panthers should have started the period with no goalie personally. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it might it might have been better. Um, yeah, and it sucks as you mentioned for a guy like Bob. Finally gets there, has the type of run you know he's capable of, plays the way everybody knows he can play, and then he gets to the final and he just the team runs out of gas in front of him. What was your opinion of that second goal? Which one? Remind me again. Uh, the, he made the blocker save. He went down to cover oh, whistle. I, I, I thought the whistle blew. I did. There's I a thought, continuation rule where if the pot, if the, 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 the play was going to continue with the puck going that while the whistle went, I, I don't understand that rule at so, all. I mean, personally, it, it's no, it should have been, it should have been a goal to me. No, Greg Washinsky tweeted out that the whistle blew before the puck went in the net. And also if the puck is under the goalie for at least a couple seconds, as it was, that is the ref's responsibility to say, I lost the puck. I can't see it. They call yeah. that all the time. And, of course, Jack Eichel pokes his stick in there, frees it, frees it loose, and uh, they uh, they put it in the net. I mean, I don't, mean, I don't know if that – They were, were going to lose. not being called, and Ekblad obviously scoring in the second. They were going to lose regardless. They were gonna, probably going to lose. Regardless. They were going to yeah. lose. I'm not going to lose sleep yeah. over that. Yeah. Um, we can discuss the officiating, but at the end of the day, Vegas was the better team. They deserved to win. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Jack Eichel's a Stanley Cup champion. He is not a Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Good luck getting that one, Jack. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, I don't think he cares too much about that right no, now. No, um, I think he does, though, just a little bit. Uh-huh. I think he really wanted that. I think he wanted to take the Ryan O'Reilly path. I really do. And yeah. as, as like reported as the rift between those two guys was, was I guarantee you, he wanted it. He's not yeah. going to tell anybody that, but in his own brain and, and people, maybe he would, who knows? And, and people, knows. people closest to him, I guarantee you, he wanted that. Yeah. He would have posted a picture with both trophies. You can bet your ass. He would have. Oh yeah. Uh, for sure. But I mean, hear me out that assist that he set up on that second goal where He's on a two-on-one, toe drags around the guy, brings it to his backhand. Does that remind you of any goal from, from Sabres history? Oh, yeah. The Tampa Bay game, New Year's Eve. They were up 4-1, four, 4-0. Four, four yeah. They eventually lost the game. <laughs> it was horrible. But he finished, <laughs> that, he finished that goal. And I do not think – he may just not have it right now, but he doesn't have the same finishing touch that he used to. Listen, he's not. I, I, he's not scoring he's, nearly as many goals as he used to. He's a playmaker. No. I'll give well, him that. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have to be that guy, though. That's no, no, he doesn't of, have to be. But wouldn't it be like a little bit worse if he was scoring these ridiculous goals? Yeah. Listen, he provided us with a lot of great memories of Sabres fans before the drama of everything that happened. Um, you know, one of the more memorable ones is. You know, scoring against Toronto and telling the fans to hush in the corner, the these fans, like that right there, just really turned me. I was like, I was like, yeah, like let's bring that rivalry back to life. And for sure, Jack, Jack was embracing it. You would hope that Austin Matthews would have embraced it. You know, bringing making that rivalry on the up the QEW relevant again. 
the overtime goal against the Predators. Yeah. Where he went coast to coast. Uh, Unbelievable goal. Like, uh, got it to the middle and had one of the best shots I've ever seen in overtime to be, I think it was probably Saros at that point. Um, the overtime goal where Evander Kane flipped it up to him. And I think it was in three on three overtime. And you have that shot of Rob Bray sitting back in his chair, smiling and our, our, it was RJ yeah, and was Rob Ray. He won five hole. Yep. Sitting back in their chairs, smiling. Uh, I think that was his rookie year. Yep. Um, we were all, somebody, we were somebody, all the Eiffel tower. Everybody all. always heard about it. Um, you can't discount the things he did in the community. Um, I think he probably was told to do those things, but he didn't have to. Um, there were a lot of really good memories. There's a lot of really painful ones too. Listen, and I, both, I of, still, both of those things can exist at the same time. I still own three Jack Eichel jerseys. And yeah. thank God it would be, for me, it, it would have been nice to a few years down the line, still be able to wear it. But I can't, I can't bring myself to do that. Why would no you? Way. Why would you? I, I, it's impossible for me because of the way things ended. Um, because he did do some good things in the city here. You know, he, he was involved with the community. Yeah. Um, defended it tooth and nail. His, how he bought flowers for nurses on Nurses Day. Um, all at Roswell Park. You know, he, he, he went out of his way for people. Visiting sick children. Um, <clears throat> I, I do think that some of the, some, some stuff was taken out, out way too far in the media about who he was. Um, I, I do believe the failures of this, of this team on, while he was here were not directly on him. It was management and mismanagement of assets and players and coaching, coaching and firings and hirings. And, um, again, I, 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 I then, and I wouldn't change how much I defended it because it was true. Um, but I wish like how. He would have left with grace and not the way he did because this would have been an easier pill to swallow. I'll get over it. You'll get over it. We'll get over it. Um, but at the end of the day, this stings um, because of everything we went through to get him to keep him. But now we have a guy that I think the community can embrace even more than we ever could have Jack Eichel and Alex Tuck, a guy who, does the shout song at Bill's amongst the people at Bill's games, you know, you see him in the community constantly. He was just at David Adams uh, cracking open boxes of cars with uh, our buddy, Alex Lemire, Miracat. Soon to, soon to be new father, Alex Tuck too. They just That's announced true. that. Yeah. Um, um, so no, I mean, get married or is, is he getting married soon? Uh, I, they will be married soon. Yeah. It's just yeah. Kind of um, There's so much to love about him and to embrace. And I'm not saying that, if circumstances were different that we couldn't have embraced Jack Elko that way, but it just feels a little different with Alex Tuck because of the backstory with him yeah. because of the Tim Conley stories, the street hockey stories, pictures of him wearing Sabres jerseys. You know, I, I'm sure the stories would be similar if Jack Eichel went to Boston, you know what I mean? Like how okay. he'd be embraced. I, I, I honestly think he will at the end of his career. Yeah. He, he's, he made a comment once in an interview back in Boston with a local news channel about how it would be a dream to go play for boss. And I think when he is a free agent, they're going to be at the top of his list for sure. For sure. In a few um, years, I, I think he absolutely will do that. Yeah. So, but uh, do you have any final thoughts, Charles? 
No, other than obviously, I think I think we kind of summed it up. We don't need to get into it again. Uh, other than honestly, the next two weeks, um, as a Sabres fan, for your own mental health, take some time off. Uh, maybe read into some of the contract rumors. Do some research on free agents. Maybe some of the NHL draft prospects. Find ways to get excited because mm-hmm. obviously this is going to sting. And I think the ways to do that are as we just discussed. Like remember what this team has right now and what they're going to be for the next five to 10 years. They are set up as well as any organization in the league. And for us to say that two years ago from today to be where we are right now, as horrible as this is, and is like, of course this happened. Uh, Hollywood couldn't write this type of script. You Hollywood couldn't have written the Quentin Tarantino movie, man. I swear to God. Yeah. But I'm really in terms of another script, a more positive script, Hollywood couldn't have written the Alex Tuck script or how this team got Devin Levi and almost made the playoffs and are consistently making good decisions to turn around this organization and that last month of the season and everything else that could possibly happen this offseason to put this team in position to not only make the playoffs next season, but to potentially win the Atlantic division, to make a run in the playoffs, get to the Eastern conference final. Who knows you get in, and you have a team that can do it, especially a young team with a little bit of injury luck, who knows what could happen next year. I would love to be here a year from today talking about the Sabres in the Stanley Cup final against the Vegas Golden Knights and Jack Eichel. So be optimistic, be hopeful, and be excited for uh, the Sabres team in the future after everything that just happened. Because if you're not, you're going to go crazy. (laughs) Look at some of our live viewers are still – Hanging in there with us. Thanks. Griff has been with us since the start of this. Uh, so shout out, Griff. Thanks for thanks for hanging out. Uh, sticking with us from, from start to finish through this agonizing, agonizing hour of hockey, Jack Eichel, Vegas Golden Knight, Stanley Cup champion talk. But again, I digress. Uh, better things down the line at the end of the tunnel for the Buffalo Sabres. I really do believe it. Um those are my final thoughts. I, I, I think that uh, I'm still happy with the return from the trade. This doesn't change that. Um, I wear my Alex Tuck jersey with pride. Um, and uh, I can't wait till the next time we're live to talk some draft coverage, some free agency stuff. Um, I'm sure we're going to have, I know we're going to have on some, some, some analysts, some people who put a lot of time and effort and, you know, sweat and tears into uh, draft coverage and you know scouting these players that will be NHL players hopefully make any be, someday be uh, playing in the NHL and then obviously you know covering the latest in trade and free agency rumors uh, we'll be here on two goalies on Mike to give you all of that coverage and more so remember guys it's been brought to you by Out Liquor the place to buy a case over on Georgia Boulevard uh, remember if you ever need any adult beverage needs from outlet liquor. Let them know the boys from two goalies. One Mike sent you. Uh, I'm sure they'll take care of you. So Hurls, uh, as a pleasure. Thanks for, uh, I know you're, it's only, what is it? What time is it there right now? It's a little after nine, right? Nine twenty-eight. So 9.28. It's 12.30 essentially in the morning here in Buffalo. Got to be up early tomorrow. So uh, you have a good night, bud. Uh, you know, we'll talk to you soon. And, I will hang up and listen. Talk to you guys later. Go Sabres.
Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwreckSports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.